Hello and welcome to The Falcon, the first Falcon for 2024. I'm your host, Clarky, and with me in a brand new year filled with endless sunshine and moundless potential is Jesse Monroe. New year, new me, baby. I'm back. Good. Worse than ever. <laughs> it's weird that it's a new you, yet you're going to be worse. Chris, you're also here. Hello. You survived. Survived. I have a Canadian club, so it's a good start to the year. That's a great start. Now, gentlemen, we're back to our team-focused episodes. It's coming. It's it's now 2024, which means we have never been closer to the 2024 oh, round zero. I remind us. Is a couple of months from now. Yeah, that's right, Jesse. Now, we're talking about the Geelong Football Club this week. And when I think of Geelong, there was only one person that came to mind, and that's the wonderful M. Chalet. Chalice? Chalice, Chalice? yeah. Chalice, sorry. Uh, M. Chalice, formerly known as Supercoach Mama, former Super AFL Supercoach winner. Supercoach uh, Royal. 2021? Yes, 2021, yep. 2021. And well, well known Geelong aficionado. Thank you so much for joining us, M. Yeah, no problem. It's fun. Love to talk about my boys or my club. It is good, Em, because you're one of the people on on Twitter, X if you will, who keeps football fun and it's like a pleasure to follow to hear about you like hear you talk about football. Because oh. everyone else can be a bit of a dick. You're you're an absolute treasure. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I could say something about not having one, so maybe that's hard to be one, but yes, yeah, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> now, look. Before we get straight into the football, I think I think it'd be nice to go around the room and and just talk about something that we were we were proud of ourselves for in 2023. I know I'm kind of, I'm springing this on Jesse and Chris because I like to get a wild answer, but you know it's it's now 2024. 2023 was a a, a long year for myself personally, uh, both filled with ups and downs. Uh, but I think you know it's been really comforting to see all the support that comes out to you when you really need it. And that's in the form of, you know, both yourself, Jesse and Chris and all the people that, that I've met. So I was was really grateful for that in 2023. So I don't know if you guys have anything you want to share with the room. Quit my job. I got a better one. You did. I can't say more than that. That was going to be my answer. Chris, you can speak on behalf of me. You speak (laughs) about my old job and I'll speak about your old job. I also quit my job and, and started a better job, but I signed an NDA at that job, so I can't say anything else as well. I didn't, <laughs> but I won't. I quit a job as well. I hey! Hey! And started a new one, got rid of a very toxic, very toxic work environment. So, Good. That's it. You know what? That shows 2023 was the year for the bin. Collingwood won the premiership. No, we all quit didn't. our jobs. It should have been, should we... have been advantage, okay? The, the asterisk on that game. That was a whole oh, year oh, ago. Oh. So um, we'll get we'll get into it now. Why do you go for the Geelong Football Club? Um, that is a good question. Um, and it starts a long time ago uh, with my father, actually, who was a Essendon supporter. And, and he was <laughs> until he got wooed and swayed by one Gary Ablett Sr. He <laughs> moved to Geelong and he just, he switched. He did the the naughty thing and switched AFL teams in wow. his 20s. 
Um, and he's been a Geelong supporter and I grew up being a Geelong supporter because of that and I would have been an Essendon supporter because I'm a very loyal person So, um, and close to my dad. So I would have been a Bomber supporter if he hadn't made the switch. So there we are. Um, it sounds like it worked out for you, really. <laughs> yeah, aren't you glad that he did? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yes, I am. No <laughs> <laughs> I live in Geelong as well, like outside Geelong. So, um, yeah, so I moved Geelong when I was 16. So, yeah, so kind of – I might have switched anyway. Who knows? I can't believe that he um, he was swayed by one player. I mean, it, hell, the hell of a player, player. Was swayed by, but – Yeah, if you're going <laughs> to yeah. do like, it, do player. it for Gary Ablett. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's like a, it's like saying, "Oh, I like Chicago." And if it was that Michael Jordan, he's just some, <laughs> there's just something about him. I think he'll be all right. <laughs> Can you take us through what are some of your earliest memories of going for the Geelong Football Club? Yeah, no problem. Um, a lot of losing grand finals. Um, I wasn't like a really, <laughs> I wasn't a really um like close uh follower of the football. I knew my dad followed the Cats, but my mum would. We would be going to these exotic locations in September, like um, Fiji, Cook Islands. And I still remember, like, my dad, I would be literally in a pool. And my dad would toddle off, listen to Geelong playing West Coast. Didn't we play West Coast twice? No. Oh, no. We played West Coast 94 and Carlton 95. Um, I think there's another one in the 90s, is there? Anyway, I would go, did we win, Daddy? And he goes, no, we lost. And I'll just swim <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> And, you know, and they're like, oh, you know. And I, I was just reflecting on this. I'm like, like oh, wait, teams lose. <laughs> like, teams lose, teams can win sometimes, but you lose. They're like, they're really hard. They're really hard. Grand finals are really hard to win. And um, so, yeah. So, look, I definitely do not take the premierships for granted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's what I grew up. And then I only started really following football when I – um, was uh, started uni actually um, and I actually had this really random job at a national trust house and uh, I would have I would be on the Sunday shift and there would be literally two to three people visit for the five hours I was there so I would be there in the office just studying studying um, like looking at homework and listening having the footy in the background um, because we were on Sundays a bit then a lot, and uh, and then I started to yeah, really get into the team, and that's when they started around uh, 2003, 2004. Um, yes, I'm, I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but that was when I started following them about 2004, I think, mm, really started following them. So, so you really started following them around 2004. So mm. when, was, when was your first attendance to a match? Oh, actually, I attended a match. I was actually thinking about this before when Condinia was like a standing, like had lots of standing only. I actually went with my granddad who's now passed. So it was pretty special. Oh. I think I was well, like one of my son's age, about nine or ten, I remember going there with my father and my grandfather. Mm. Do you remember if you won or not? Nah. <laughs> no. it's, the perfect, it's the perfect age to not really like so – so my my wife has a younger sister who's she's twelve now, but we've been going to the football with her for a couple of years. Now, just every time we go, I'm like, yeah, like she does like football, but it's it's kind of just you enjoy ha- like the day out with just people that you really have fun with. Yeah, and I think that's the good experience. That's the perfect football experience, really. We're like, oh yeah, like there's something going on there, but I also get a sausage <laughs> roll. So <laughs> like 
win-win. Win-win, yeah. Emma, your kids much into footy? Yes, yes, they are. Um, so I've got three boys and, uh, you know, they, they love it. I have my middle child loves the stats and all of that. Um, he really gets into it and collects footy cards and, and we watch, yeah, and they, well, yeah, they um, really into, yes, the premiership, the, the one that they remember, yeah. <laughs> the only one so that was born. Has the Geelong bloodline continued with all of them? Uh, so far, <laughs> I uh, yes, yes, because my because um, um, it was a prerequisite uh, for my spouse to be a Geelong supporter. No, it wasn't really, but he is. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so yeah, so my grandfather was Geelong supporter um, from way back. So my mum's my mum's dad, then my dad, then me, Isaac's grandfather oh actually one of his grandfather's brother but actually played for cats for a little bit as well but anyway so there's just generations of geelong fans there what so. i like about geelong supporters of, of all the geelong supporters i know no one half goes for geelong you go for you absolutely bleed white blue there's like chris i know you got some in your family hardcore cats fans i got a few friends like yes tattoos walls covered in posters it's a hardcore fan base. Yes, and I I don't know if I call myself a one-eyed support. Look, I might be, but I really try to see other other side other football, and that's probably my fantasy football as as well. Because I know I know players from all eighteen teams. I know I know all the dynamics. I know all of that. So um, yeah, but I I'm definitely passionate. That's for sure. There's there's something about fantasy football that. I feel like makes you a more balanced supporter because you're watching your team play, but someone from the other team kicks going, you're like, oh, no, 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 that's all good. That's, just, just, <laughs> just let it go. Too many, but I'm my captain. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us about some of your standout memories, your favourite memories in your, your years of going for Geelong. Yes. Yep. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go there. Like quite a lot of them are premiership memories. Funnily enough, yeah, can't <laughs> relate. I've only, I've only got two two premierships yep. to remember. Good fun. Good fun, One's guys. good, one bad. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a side note, which I think I'm allowed a side note. I was actually at a, um, a fantasy get together last year, and um, or meeting people for the first time. There was another Geelong supporter, and we. And there was a St Kilda supporter and we're talking and then I just turned the Geelong supporter and like, which one's your favourite premiership? And the St Kilda, and, and, and the, and the St. Kilda uh, supporter walks off. Just walks off. They're still walking. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I know 09 is a really harsh thing to say, but it is my favourite. Um, so, why is he walking away? Um, no, yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so obviously, uh, so the, the time that I really remember was now, uh, oh, I forget the player who ruined us, <laughs> who ruined our dreams in, in the, uh, the Sydney guy in 05 when we were almost getting into, was that, that, that was a, was it, that was a prelim when Geelong was ahead in Sydney and came from behind. Was that Nick yeah. Davis? Nick Davis, yes, yes, that's it. I'll beat that. I'll beat the name out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. I don't ever. Um, but that was the first time that I'm just like, wow, like that really hit me really hard. 
Um, and I was uh, with my boyfriend at the time, spoiler, not my husband, who didn't really get, um, I didn't really understand like the being a passionate football supporter and like did the whole there there it's okay and I'm like don't touch me um (laughs) yeah I mean I tell the story a bit um but this is the same guy that I was really excited about the ashes in Australia and he's like who is Australia playing this time and I'm like yeah I think we need to see other people (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no um Yes, anyway, no, uh, and obviously uh, Matthew Scarlett's toe poke to Gary Ablett Jr. in that um, infamous 09 final. Um, prob- obviously obviously um, winning the premiership in 07 after, you know, a long drought. That was pretty, pretty incredible, pretty amazing. Um, just, you know, Joel Salwood, um, premiership captain, Cameron Ling being a premiership captain. Um, I actually have a have a have a uh, an interesting theory for you guys. If we want to park that for later, it's more for a future thing. But um, yeah, anyway, we'll park that idea because um, that's a. Hey, you have you have the floor. I have the floor. If you yeah, you have the floor. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're with you on this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just do a little bit of a, a little bit of a left turn. Uh, I was actually realizing that. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield's contract ends at the end of this year, and I can say that now. Um, and I don't know what the difference between wishful thinking, dreaming, and delusional <laughs> is, but um, if we win at the Premiership this year, which I'm not saying, you know, uh, he could retire and he could be our third captain to win a Premiership and then retire. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Jesse felt that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, look, you know what? There's there's a level of superstition, I think, that always comes with the good years, right? Like, mm. I remember for 2022, the Mel- our Melbourne Premiership, everyone spent the whole thing going, well, yeah, they, they won like 13 games in the home and away season. And the last time they did that, they won a Premiership. And it's like, you start to believe it. Mm. So, I think this is the perfect time, really, to start it rolling where... Danger is going to win the premiership for Geelong. Norm Smith, give him a Norm Smith, mm. retire, walk off into the sunset. I'm assuming as like a you know an assistant coaching deal straight out of the gate. But, oh, you know. I actually think he's going to go in media. I agree with that. Yeah. They almost tried to get into yeah. commission, um, like the commission. Yeah, didn't thing. they want him to play and be in the commission at the same time? And I was like, no. That's, <laughs> well, that's he's the head of the thing. AFLPA or something, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I, yeah. Yeah. I fuck. I don't mind the idea of Dangerfield going out and like I I have a major soft spot for Dangerfield. I don't understand people who dislike him. He's an actual personality. He seems a bit of fun. Mm. Uh, I mean, Am, I'm gonna guess you love Danger. But Chris and Clarky, how are you feeling about Dangerfield? Yeah, I agree. I, I've always liked him. A lot of the the kind of little stunts that he's pulled or the little digs that he's done have all been very lighthearted and he's clearly just taking yeah. the piss. He's not He's not cocky. He's not doing it from a bad place. He's just having a bit of fun. And, yeah, I've, I've always liked him. I love watching him play. He's always been an incredible player. And if he was cocky, he's good enough to be cocky. Yeah. And have you seen exactly. his acting? Mwah! Give the man an award. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, oh, I just think of that really bad Amy ad. He, his acting's okay. Um, 
Yeah, no, I love Dangerfield. I love Dangerfield. I, I really, I really do. And uh, we, yeah, um, he's not in my top five, actually. But yeah, I do. I do respect him. I can't wait to hear your top five. And we can probably move on to your favourite players, actually. <laughs> it's a smooth transition. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> well, yeah, so... We know Danger's not in the top five. <laughs> no, Dangerfield's not in the top five. Now... So who is? Well... Who's made the cut? It's Well, I feel like... All right. So I feel like since Gary Ablett Jr. is in discussions of greatest of all time, that it's rather arrogant for me for him not to be in my top five. So he's my number one and he's just set concrete. I know, boring, boring, but like goat, like seriously. Um, and Gary Ablett Sr. is not, but he's not in my era. Um, so, and I feel like, yeah, but Gary is Marvel amazing when he was in his prime, when he had two functioning yeah. shoulders or one functioning <laughs> shoulder, um, <laughs> half a functioning shoulder. Um, he was just amazing. Like even that 2020 final, which I think we'll talk about, he had glimpses of like, wow, and then he, you know, shoulder. I'll never forget just just on his shoulders, I'll never forget that season. I can't remember what season it was, but he did his shoulder in like round 12 or something, was he out for the rest of the season. It was when he was playing for Gold Coast and he still almost won the Brownlow. He was like 10 or 12 votes ahead at the point that he did his shoulder and like it was like still a close finish. Like it was insane. Yeah. No, he was, yeah, very, yeah. He was just incredible. Um, absolutely amazing. Now, he was historically uh, the next two guys were, um, were always my two and three. Don't make me pick which one. Matthew Scarlett, Corey and Wright. Um, so I love the defense of our, of our, especially that era of the, of the first, you know, the seven, nine, 11 era. And I think I did respect Stevie Johnson and Mooney who, you know, ruined our OA chances, but like, but they, they you know, they're a bit arrogant and inconsistent at times. I'm mean, just really honest. Um, but those guys were just consistent, just so reliable. I love them. And, um, however, Joel Salwood winning the premiership captain. I feel like he's got to be my number two. I know, boring. Ablett Jr. Salwood, you know, any nuffy on the street would say that, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I've thought about it. And then Scarlett and then right. And then he's waltzed. Bartel has always been up there, but this six foot six guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, Benjam- um, ben- uh, Benjamin Tom Hawken Button. <laughs> Uh, who just keeps getting younger. Uh, like, seriously, like that guy, isn't he like 67? Um, he's <laughs> He genuinely, I feel like, has just been the same age for at least five years now. <laughs> you, seen, you know when, like, yeah. you joke on your birthday and you're like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm... I'm 26 again. This is very. Every he does year, that for real. He yeah. on the blood of the Etherton backline to retain his youth. Okay, <laughs> I I want to dislike him for how he dismantles us every single time we play Geelong, but he seems like such a nice bloke. Yeah. He is a really lovely bloke. He really, yeah, he he really, really is. Um, and then so yeah, so then. Jimmy Bartel, and you will notice, any mathematicians will notice that this is more than five. Um, <laughs> so my- we don't, we're not about math, we're about vibes. <laughs> um, so it's been my, my motto for years. My honourable mentions are uh, Brad Otten's, Paul Chapman, 
Max Brook, if you actually know him, he was an absolute. And he, I like, now this is a controversial. Okay, well, we don't, we can briefly go here. Um, so I know if you remember Max Rook, he was an absolute bull. And like, I remember this one footage where he, he, he went, he was one onto two and he just charged through these guys and completely dismantled them. And like, we just don't know how he did it. And then there's this, these, um, he's actually one of the footballers going with concussion. And I'm like, well, yeah, anyway, it was just, he just put his head over the ball constantly. Anyway, I really hope he's okay. But if he had the curly hair, right? He had longer hair and like a beard. Yeah, I remember back the bell. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to name yeah. him because it just proves I'm actually a dedicated <laughs> long supporter and not just a nuffy <laughs> off the street. Um, and then, you know, danger's there. But, um, but yeah. Um, and, oh, 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 honourable mention <laughs> again <laughs> is, uh, is um, just going back, I forgot about this, one of my favourite moments. Was Isaac Smith winning the yeah. Norm Smith? And I know this is a bit random, but I love the irony. I loved it. I loved how he, he was a Hawthorne supporter <laughs> and he pipped Dangerfield and my husband's like, Dangerfield should have won it. And he rewatched the match and went, they did a lot, a lot. And I'm like, I just love it. I love it. Like it's better than fiction. Any Hollywood would have made Danger winning that Norm Smith, you know. It was already beautifully written for Salwood, but I loved Isaac Smith. And did you know, I looked it up because he played three years. Do you know how many games he played for us? He played 70 games for us in three years, which is 23 games a year. Oh, wow. Pretty good for an old guy, isn't it? Like seriously durable, amazing pickup by Geelong. So when you guys got him, it was basically like a, oh, he's, he's a top up who will maybe do well for a year. Like, that was kind of what it was seen as. Like, he's at the end of his career. He's maybe got one good season left in him. So, it was a hell of a pickup. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I always loved the move. I thought it was, like, the perfect fit for how you guys were playing. And, and look, anything that hurts so, Hawthorne, I support. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good for football. We do our best. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll move along. Jesse. Yes. It's your time to take us through the vibe. It is. So I want to have a look at the, uh, the song, first of all, as I have for the last seven or eight weeks. I'm not going to mix it up too much here. Just like Geelong haven't mixed it up with their song or their mascot. They're a, a ridiculously consistent club when it comes to the, sort of their their culture. Let's start with the song. Um, it was created back in 1963 by John Watts and his teammates after a few drinks, probably. Uh, probably a good thing they wrote the song in 63. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't have had a song to sing at the end of the year when they won the flag. So, 10 out of 10 oh, timing wow. on, on that one. It's based after an opera song. So, thank you, Geelong, for bringing a little bit of class and culture into the AFL. Oh, oh, trivia question. Carmen, Carmen, Carmen. It was Carmen. <laughs> it was Carmen. Was it Carmen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to prove that I knew that. Please, sorry. That's, that's just... um, all right, I, I will give you a bit of a pop quiz here because a lot of people don't know the second verse of the Geelong song. Ooh, so the second, um, exactly. The second verse. The second verse. Um, we are Geelong, the greatest team of all. We are Geelong. We're always on the ball. We play the game as it hey. should be played at home or far away. We play the banners flying high. From till dawn to dusk, ask it in your park. That's Is there a second verse? verse? So stand up and fight, remember it. our tradition. Stand up and fight, it's always our ambition. Throughout the game to fight with all our might, 
because of the mighty blue and white, and when the ball is bounced to the final bell, stand up and fight like hell. They right. should sing that. Good. Not- that's rat. <laughs> they should. Stand up and fight like hell. They it's should. like you take it a, you took a Hawthorne Titan, you're taking a Melbourne's heart. This is great. Okay. Steal some of the lyrics. With any other club, the line we are Geelong, the greatest team of all, would reek of cockiness, but Well it does. It, still, look, it does a little but- bit, but off off the last, you know, off the modern era. Yeah. Kind of. So yes, I'll, yes. I'll, can I? Yeah, can I tell you a quick secret? When they play really, really badly, I sing. You know, we're not always on the ball. Like I just love singing that, <laughs> and we haven't won, obviously. And I just get spiteful and just sing the song wrong. The Geelong yeah. song is one of those songs that I find. <laughs> so I always judge the teams when they sing their songs, because I found in mm. the last few years teams are singing it faster. I think teams are starting to like lose mm. the like a return pride meaning. and then the meaning behind the song. They don't really care about it. So they'll just mm. blaster it. I think Geelong's really guilty of that because of how easily they win a lot of their games. It was a bit of a practice run. They come in there and that first verse is so easy to blast through. They can do that in about seven seconds. It's quite impressive. Um, so I think they need to add the second verse on. Send it out. Feel some love. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that, like, boom, 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 boom. Like, they add sound effects and echoes. Are they? Other teams do that? Uh, they try. They try, but they don't have it. Okay. There is some <laughs> controversy, though, when it comes to your, your mascot. Um, now, the mascot mm. itself, the cat, and even the nickname, the cats, uh, came about in 1923 where a Herald cartoonist named Samuel Garnet Wells, Wellsy to his mates, suggested that adopting a black cat as their mascot would be good luck for the club. He was right because two years after adopting that cat as the mascot, they won the flag. Every time Geelong changes something, they win a flag for some reason. So (laughs) Every every five seconds, all I'm hearing is about Geelong winning the flag, and I'm really upset now. Now I want to win a flag. Calm down, okay? You've eaten recently, okay? I'm starving. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the cat, his name's Half Cat because he's... Half cat. Um, he's remained unchanged since since its inception. Uh, Hang on, he's called half cat because he's half a cat, half a man. I thought he was called half cat because he came in half time. <laughs> <laughs> also true though. Where's the lie? Where's the quarter cat? Where's the three quarter cat? <laughs> and out comes full cat on the siren. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a cat that gets released. I like, yeah, I like to imagine they just pick up like a tabby or something and just place it in the, it's, in it's, the circle. No. no animals were harmed during this It's a this bit podcast. like um, catching the snitch in Quidditch. Like the game's only at half time when they can find a cat. There's somebody <laughs> running around trying to capture him. Um, but Half Cat has been such an integral and iconic part of Geelong that he actually had his own special exhibition um, at, at Heritage Centre in Geelong in 2021. I found a bunch of information about him. It was purely dedicated to half cat i don't think i, I haven't oh, wow. seen anything like that for any of the mascots we've gone through so far so there is some real love for heart half i think heart cat half cat which came to a head in 2020 so there was a guy named steve Sobey. he played half cat for 25 years 500 games he was the mascot he would come out at halftime half cat and he would high five the kids he would dance around and people absolutely loved him but in 2020, the club decided, nah, you're done. Get out of here. No more. We're going to get some, some young blood in there who can do a cartwheel. And this absolutely infuriated members. There, I found a change.org petition that's still up. 
Um, <laughs> it had at the time of reading it, it had two thousand eight hundred eighty-four signatures out of five thousand. However, when I finished reading the change.org petition, it now has two thousand eight hundred eighty-five. Bring Steve back, I say. But I went th- the reason I wrote it because I went through the comments, and people are livid. And I, again, this happened years and years ago, but they're still commenting saying, you know, the hearts, the hearts left Cadinia Park because he got rid of Steve. So I, t- I did try to look into Steve um, and just the story of him. He seems like a, a, a decent bloke. He kind of looks like the lead singer from Jimmy Eat World in a few photos. Uh, he's, a, he's a successful teacher. Uh, and there was like a story on the Geelong advertiser, but I'm not paying for that. Uh, he's also converting an old tram into a winery. So Steve, cheers to you, buddy. Good on you. Legacy, uh, and I hope we can get those other uh, two thousand odd signatures. If you're listening, change the dog. Go on there, and uh, let's see how <laughs> three years later Steve can still run around the field. Was okay. Just before we move on from the logo, was the mascot Manor Geelong character? Was he called like Slam and Sam or something weird oh, like that? Because uh, of uh, maybe. <laughs> For once, I actually didn't do my due diligence and look up um, any sort of mascot manner detail. However, no, I'm going to fix this because this is I have wronged the episode. This is an injustice. Future Jesse, when you're editing this episode, please put in some audio right here of what mascot manner cat's character. This is Jesse from the future. While editing, I have looked it up and can confirm that the Geelong cat's mascot manner mascot named Slammin Sam Tomcat, named after Sam Newman, who I just found out, his first name is John, John Sam Newman. So, um, two facts for you, guys. I hope you enjoyed that little segment. That's really interesting, Jesse. That's, what a fact. Yeah, that's, yeah <laughs> thanks, Jesse. I'm glad I learned that the in the moment. The weirdest part was the tenor in my voice. Like, it's like, whoa, it's like audio caramel. Um, moving on. It sounded like you weren't being berated by... <laughs> Yeah, famous supporters. (laughs) Slim pickings. Very slim pickings here. Um, Steve Brax, I guess. Uh, Daryl Summers, I mean, famous, yes, celebrity, no. Uh, And Guy Pearce, apparently, but can find no supporting evidence. And M as well. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Guy Guy Pearce. Yes. So, spooky. Uh, my mum, who lives in Geelong, in a kind of well-to-do suburb, lived next door to Guy Pearce's mother, who's now passed away, but she met Guy Pearce and he's a Geelong supporter. Ooh. And freaky, that same house, Max Home lives it's and Max's bought, home. Lives next to my mother. It is Max's <laughs> home. And he lives with uh, Toby Conway and... Every about four months, my mum goes, who's the tall guy <laughs> next that lives with Max? And I'm like, Toby Conway, mum. We looked it up like seven months ago. Um, my Max came um, to visit my parents because his electricity wasn't working. And then he goes, I'll play with the cats. And Dad goes, oh, you got to play for seniors soon? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I haven't met him yet. My kids have met him. Anyway. Friend of the show. Yes, I, there we are. I like Max Holmes. Yeah, yeah I'm a big fan Max of Max Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I got to tell my parents, do not mention the premiership. It's like, do not mention the war. Do mention it. He didn't play. He didn't play it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. But Guy Pierce was a Geelong supporter. Well, there you go. I mean, look, he's a decent one to have because everything else was 
That wasn't much. You're going to have to do something about that membership drive. <laughs> yeah, take that, Steve Brax. <laughs> Steve Brax <laughs> for the show, Daryl Summers. Don't know. I, I love Daryl. Um, really side, really random. I don't know if any of you guys watch Taskmaster yes. UK. Yes. Give me a nod. No, yes. 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 So Sam Campbell. Absolutely. Sam Campbell was on his Australian and he bought yeah. Parker as one of And Greg Davis is like, you are making this up. And I'm like, he's not. He's not. <laughs> All right. I love that show. I need to. Wa- I need to find that clip. Like, I-, I love Taskmaster. It's, it's Jesse. It's like that series with Sam Campbell is probably one of the best Taskmaster yes. series. Season sixteen. You've got to watch it all. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Uh, Most of it's on YouTube, except it's also on binge. It's also on binge. Yes, not 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 sponsored. Not a sponsor, but yet. Uh? <laughs> yeah. Uh? But leap it out if they don't sponsor yeah. us, Jesse. Uh, YouTube is free, but they don't have uh, episode four, which is really good. So get binge. Um. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, friend of the show. Binge. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Go watch Great British Bake Off as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. And the new New Year's special treat is getting released in like seven hours. I'm just a bit of a nerd. Um. Yeah. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Um, Chris, you have some grandfathers to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. It's going to be a we bit of a We gave Chris short. the perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Chris. Get from Taskmaster to grandfathers. <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a bit of a trip down memory lane. And for a Geelong supporter, particularly in recent times, it's a very enjoyable trip, uh, as you've alluded mm. to earlier. Uh, we're going to talk about Geelong's premiership performances. So a little bit of, of background in the, the kind of premierships as a whole. Uh, 19 VFL and AFL grand finals that they've appeared in, in total, winning 10 of those, which is a fairly decent strike rate. Uh, good news for the modern supporter, as of as four of those 10 premierships have come in the last 16 years, uh, flags in 07, 09, 2011, and the most recent being in 2022. Uh, kind of briefly mentioned this earlier, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it because I was a bit surprised when I read this. Um, prior to 2007, the club was in a 43-year-long drought with the most recent uh, flag prior to that being in 1963. I found that a little bit surprising, a little bit hard to comprehend when you consider that they went through a period in the late 80s through the 90s with a player who was literally nicknamed God. <laughs> uh, one of only three players in history to win a Norm Smith in a losing side in 1989, Gary Ablett Sr., who we, we spoke briefly about earlier. Played in four losing grand finals for Geelong, 89, 92, 94, and 95, I think it was. 92, uh, I forgot, 92. Which was against West Coast as well, yes. Oh, 1994. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, before we de- delve further into a specific grand final, how was that feeling finally breaking the drought in 2007? It was incredible. It was amazing. It was um, – they, they joke – that they still laugh at me and my face because it's three-quarter time. Now, I actually don't know how far we were, maybe 80 points. I can't remember, but I was, like, really nervous. I'm like, I don't know. They could come back. And they're like, <laughs> Emily, it's it's over. And I'm like, you know, you know, we haven't won one. Like, you know, it was it was absolutely, in, was absolutely incredible. That's awesome. Um, have you been to any of the flags? Have you been to the game? No, no, I haven't. I almost, I almost got a ticket in 2022, but no, okay. I haven't. Fingers crossed. There's, there's one that you can go to not far away. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> Apparently, it's just around every corner is a Geelong Look, Premiership. This is a shout at the Herald Sun. 
M1 Supercoach, okay? You should be riding the football gravy train right now. Yeah. Oh, I've ridden it. It's uh, stopped. <laughs> get it back on. Um, get it to the flag. No, I got off. It's fine. I like Anyway, um, is a gravy train full of gravy? Are you like ankle deep in gravy? Hey, anyway, we wouldn't know. We haven't been on one. Do we want to be? Oh, no. It's gonna. <laughs> Can you consider a, a top 10k finish a gravy train? Mm, no. It's more like the powder before it becomes gravy. Um, but yes, no. And I actually really like it's amazing because we go to oh, when we went to um, like the 2022, we were there, Isaac's parents and all the family. There was about 22 of us there, most of us Geelong supporters. It was a rare ran Richmond supporter. It's okay. We love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's actually a good segue because we're going to talk a bit more about the last grand final, which was 2022. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, in very recent memory, a few be- details about that season just to jog the memory of our listeners. Uh, Geelong started off the season pretty inconsistent in 2022. Uh, after round nine, you were sitting seventh on the ladder with five wins and four losses. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you'd suffered li- losses to the likes of St Kilda and Hawthorne, who weren't exactly setting the world on fire at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it was after that round line loss to St Kilda where something just clicked with the team and you went on to not lose another game for the rest of the season. Do you know what and- happened? Um, they must have been eavesdropping. My husband, <laughs> after we lost, said, it is over. The era <laughs> is over. And Geelong must have been like, Oh, Isaac has given up on us. We will. Half cat has Never big ears. You can hear. <laughs> <laughs> but he was only around at half time, so. Well, you, it was you almost didn't... halfway through the year. True. Anyway, sorry. Continue, Chris. Sorry. No, no. That's that's a it's an interesting point. Danger must have been walking past and just said, "I'll show this guy." <laughs> uh, you went on to not lose another game for the rest of the season. Finished clearly on top of the ladder and took out the minor premiership as a supporter. Do you have many many memories from that period of kind of seeing your team have such a wobbly start to the year and then just come roaring back and heading into finals, just put on such a dominant display? Yeah, um, it's a weird thing to say, but I actually don't mind when we start wobbly. But we need to show form. But in the times, we've actually, some of us, because we've actually finished top of the ladder or second or third and n- not gone through to the grand final, gone to the prelim. Um, and, like, we're like, oh, premierships are not made in May. If if they were, we would have had another one or two. And then, like, Chris Scott had to change it because we were peaking too early. Um, and, look, I don't know if that's something that Melbourne has done as well. Needs, You know, they, they're looking at as well. Sorry, Clarkie, but it's just like that. <laughs> this peaking. Um, well, look. It wasn't look, it was meant to be only, as a drive-by. The only, Melbourne, the only Melbourne Geelong crossover I want to hear about is – the last round of 2021. Oh, sure. I want to hear about Max Gorn kicking that goal, and then that's it. Let's let's focus on the goods of July. Sorry, sorry, Cluggy. Uh, but yes, no. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, it was really good. And but the most encouraging, the game that was really really encouraging was um, now I can't remember whether we were in Port, but we had a really tough game against Port Adelaide, and we were down. Oh, Charlie Dixon was completely bullying poor um, Sam DeConing. Um, like we call him, I call him the Viking. I might be the only one to call him the Viking, but um, 
heaps the Viking. And um, anyway, and we pulled through and we showed some resilience and we came back and I'm like, ooh, this is the Geelong Vault. Ooh, I like this. And we came back to win it. And I'm like, hang on, we could actually we could actually win the whole thing here because Port Adelaide were, you know, and still are really, um, yeah, a good team. So I think it must have been a Port Adelaide for me to think that because it's, you know, a different atmosphere. Moving into the actual grand final itself, uh, you mentioned before that you weren't at the game. Where were you? Where did you watch it? Was it was it just good vibes all around? Yeah, good vibes. Yep, twenty people in a place uh, outside Geelong, uh, just near Anglesey, actually. Um, yeah, it was. Yes, and all the kids were running around outside. Someone, all the yes, and I don't want to be stereotypical, but. <laughs> There were a couple of females watching, but some like people um, looking at the looking after the children running around in the farm, and uh, yeah. But it was a really lovely, really lovely time. It was nice. really, really exciting. As as someone who doesn't live in Geelong, what is Geelong like after you've won a flag? Is it just absolute mayhem? Yes, absolute. Oh, absolute mayhem. Absolute. We um, we didn't go out. So I live. I'm not saying the suburb, but we, I only live 20 minutes out of, out of Geelong. And we actually went out for dinner for two out of three nights and like the roads completely closed and it's just bedlam. Yeah. Absolute madness. We didn't, nice. I didn't, I'm too old to go out. I didn't go out this, this time. I feel like there's, a, there's probably only two places that would be like that after premiership and that's Geelong and Richmond. They would oh, just yeah. be, yeah. It, police needed in both. Yeah, I think Geelong, the, the police are needed for crowd. I think in Richmond it's for crime. So it could be a bit of a different vibe. <laughs> uh, moving on to the the actual grand final. So as supporters, both at the ground and watching at home, we were treated to a grand final sprint that was won by Hugo Ralph Smith of Richmond. Uh, some fantastic pre-match Jesus. entertainment from Robbie Williams. Yeah, cameo from Delta mm. Goodrum. That was one of the the best pre-match entertainments we've had recently. I know. Uh, and some, some equally fantastic halftime entertainment from G Flip, The Temper Trap, and Goanna, which was mm. another that good one. That was a good year. Now, that's a, that's a good grand final. It was a great grand final entertainment. Uh, it was uh, with this pre match entertainment, it was looking like we were in for a hell of a day. The sun was out, 100,000 crammed into the MCG. And that was until Geelong went on to absolutely destroy Sydney. <laughs> From the moment the opening siren rang right up to the final whistle, uh, it, it can't be overstated just how much of an absolute demolition job this game was. I was the so official, good. <laughs> the official margin reads as it reads as eighty-one points, but it felt like it was one hundred and eighty-one points because, apart from Chad Warner, who had a great game for Sydney, the rest of the Sydney team may as well have just been traffic cones because Geelong were just in a training drill the whole day. Mm. Um, still, still good pick, super coach pick. Anyway. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, there are a number of huge individual performances. You, you mentioned Isaac Smith earlier, won the Norm Smith on the day, 32 disposals and three goals. He had a ripping game. Danger had a typical Danger game, 27 disposals, nine clearances. Tyson Stengel kicked four. Mark Blitzars was huge, particularly early on. He faded out a bit in the second half, but early on I thought that he was probably a chance for the Norm Smith. Um, but the big story from the day had to be Captain Courageous Joel Salwood. Uh, 26 disposals, captain the team, 355 games, and at three-quarter time he told his teammates that he was going to be hanging up the boots after the match and then went on to kick 
one of the most emotional and memorable goals of the modern era in that last quarter. It was I still get goosebumps every time it pops up on Twitter and I watch it because just look on his face and just every every Geelong player on the field just running to him was amazing. Um, I know. He's never kicked a goal like that. Never. I know. Uh, how was it for you kind of particularly on Joel Selwood watching a, a, such an iconic player run around for the last time and did you have kind of a feeling before the game that he might retire afterwards? Were there any whispers amongst supporters that he might retire? How how was it? Oh, yeah. He, we thought he would retire. The way he was acting, the way with Dangerfield, um, I, I, I think we knew, but also I didn't know whether he wanted to give up either. <laughs> like he, he's just got this such, this like willingness, like, and res- you know, like if he wanted to do it. But now we know, like, now we know the story that he had been trying for a baby for a while. They finally got pregnant. Um, like, and he, he was like, I, I can now move on. Um, and like then to be a dad, but, um, yeah, so there's lots. Yeah. But I, I think, I think I knew, I think I knew, um, yeah, I, I had a feeling it was just the most surreal experience for him. And if I'm really honest, like I knew he was a really great player um, I thought he was an incredible player. I didn't know the Salwood size hole we were missing until we weren't playing without him. We missed him more than I thought we would. We like his leadership, his determination, and even like bursts. Like he couldn't do the things he used to be able to do, but um, I just really underestimated how much we would miss him. I completely agree. We we spoke about last week with Damo and Nat Fife and um, how players like Nat Fife and Marcus Bontempelli, and I would put Joel Selwood in the same kind of category. They're ty- the type of players that when your team needs it, they can put the whole team on their back and just say, come on, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And where you, you said Joel Selwood in kind of bursts even towards the end of his career, he has those bursts where he's just like, no, come on, I'm taking us there, we're doing this, and he just lifts the yeah, team. Yeah, Selwood's like the personification of leadership on the field. He could have yeah. a bad game, but still be always be a good leader in that game. Um, and yeah, Geelong just have seemed a little bit. It, it's a different club now. Uh, yeah, and look, I if you're a Geelong supporter and you are on the Patrick Dangerfield bandwagon, I you know that's great, great enjoy. I'm sure you the fishing's great. I really do love the guy, <laughs> but I um I really do. I just don't know his captain material. Look. He can captain, like, but I think he's, I think he's, I feel like, yeah, I, I just feel like he needs to just play and be the best. I mean, vice captain, I feel. Um, now, I think Clark, I don't know if Jesse or Chris knows this, I think Clark, he does know who my super coach husband is, and that is Tom Stewart. And so maybe I'm biased and think Tom Stewart should be the captain. I was waiting um, for him to I be understand. in the top five. Yeah. I know he wasn't even there, was he? Um, you can add him in; it's fine. I was actually at, yeah. when they announced Dangerfield as the captain. I was a bit surprised because I thought it would be Tom Stewart, and I thought Dangerfield's at the end of his career. Like mm. it felt almost like a little bit of a this has to go on his resume type of thing. Like he has to be the yeah. captain of the club at one point. Whereas I feel like Tom Stewart was the more obvious selection. I think, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, sorry, Tommy's right here. No, um, he's in my heart. Um, I don't need, he doesn't need to be in my top five. He's in all of our hearts. Yeah, no, um, but uh, he's got he's got time uh, to move up. I think, I think that's always the thing that 
really struck me about Dangerfield, where he is so talented, but he never had that same charisma about the way he he went to work like Joel Selwood. Mm. Like whether you whether you enjoyed Selwood or not, it was always like he demanded your attention. Whereas Dangerfield's always, I think, a bit understated in just how good he is. If that makes sense, that's probably the way it kind of shakes out for me. Mm. And I think this is a perfect chance as well to to really pump up guys like Tom Stewart and even some of the youngers that you've got coming through. Um, like I'm a big Sam DeConnick fan, who you mentioned before as well. Like I think that kid's going to be amazing. Yeah, and he's been with your he's been with the club for a, year, a couple of years now. Yeah, so yeah. it's not even like he's young, young anymore. No, like, and as Chris Scott says, you know, he's um, when he came onto the scene in 2020. Two, you know, he was an overnight sensation that only was three years in the making. <laughs> he literally, that was his third year in our club. So, no, I think, and that's one thing that I was the silver lining of the of last year. Sorry, um, is that we played the youngins and we played a lot of them and we played them for a long time. Um, so th- it's really annoying that you guys are going to be good in like a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, it's really annoying Gold for the rest Coast, of stop us. Stop giving them picks. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop giving them talent. Um, yeah, so no, that it is yeah, it is it, it is exciting. Now, after talking about uh Joel Selwood, leaves me something I just wanted to very quickly touch on as I found this really fascinating while while I was uh doing a bit of digging uh for this episode. When I started thinking about this, I don't think there's been another AFL club in history, and anyone correct me if you think I'm wrong, because I probably am. But I don't think there's been another AFL club in history that has had the amount of iconic and legendary players that Geelong have had in the last 15 years in this modern era. If I were to compare it to anyone, I'd probably say maybe Brisbane in the early 2000s or maybe the Hawthorne three-peat team. But we've already spoken about Salwood. Then you go on to my favourite personal player of the modern era, the little master, Gary Ablett Jr., Um just had that freakish natural ability. And like as you mentioned earlier, is in the conversation as, as the greatest of all time. Uh, you go to current players, you've got the likes of Danger, Hawkins and Cameron who all go on as legends of the game. Tom Stewart's probably in that conversation as well. He's still got a few years to kind of really cement that that status, but is definitely up there. And then going back a few years, Cameron Ling, Jimmy Bartell, Stevie J, you talk about freakish natural ability, Paul Chapman, one of the best defenders the game's ever seen. Matthew Scarlett. Paul Chapman, Essendon, great. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Scarlett, they're, they're all players that we look at now and we know they're legends of the game, but I feel like in 10 to 15 years' time when their careers have had time to settle, we're all going to kind of look back and think that was a real golden era for a club. And I like I can't think of another club that in a, a 10 to 15-year kind of period has had that many iconic and just legends of the game in their, in their team. Uh, and that probably quite a few of their names are about to come up in the next segment, I would imagine. Probably leads us into Clarky's favorite segment. Do you want to? Do you want to send us on our way there, Clarky? That's that's Jesse is already going to say it. Recoiling. That's all right. It's time for the Falcon start. You have to a good start. Hey, <laughs> I've said it correctly for weeks now. <laughs> it was it was only the first three. I'm still on edge. <laughs> I've said it correctly more times than I've said it incorrectly. <laughs> anyway, M, we ran you through this off air, but for the listeners, Jesse. Do you want to take us through how we run yeah, the Yeah, so we've time? been um, uh, brought in by the AFL to glue a bunch of Geelong players together to make the ultimate player. Uh, I'm sorry, Em. Uh, and this player is made up of, of four physical parts and 
as we like to say, some vibes. So first up, we've got their head. That is vibes and hair, two of the most important things a player can have. Then we have body, which is your tackles and your strength, your brute force. Arms, marks and handballs. Legs, kicking and running. And then that vibes check, which is your modifier, your special abilities. This is something we didn't plan when we first started this um, segment, but just sort of <laughs> happened because we talk a lot of nonsense for the next 10 to 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> things will just appear in this. Uh, and I'm glad that I don't have to write them in. Clarky does. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I, have, I have lots and lots of ideas. Well, let's start with the head. So vibes and hair. Who, who's the top of your list? Well, Gary Hawking, hair. Um, oh, wow. Good call. Bam. Good call. That was, yep. Um, I was expecting Tom Stewart, but no, Gary Hawking's a good call. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, so so vibes um, would have to be Salwood's just dedication and willingness to just not die and just <laughs> go go and like it's it's a mental thing it's it's a mental I mean he's got a lot of like if you look at him you don't think like how much physical but he's so much mental in, in him um also um Harry Taylor's mouth he's apparently a bit mouthy a bit random um uh like yeah very hilarious as well weird lovely guy as well um yeah and anyone else got any for hair, I went straight to Cameron Ling. Because I, I like the <laughs> idea of his, his orange locks with Joel Selwood's face, which is covered in blood at all times. Because I think that's just kind of like terrifying. <laughs> it has a bit of a, that, that Viking sort of feel, like you mentioned before. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or, or a bit like a drunken carrot top. Um, I, I think it's a good combination <laughs> of things. Chris, you were saying Tommy Stewart? The, the main? I, w- I probably would have gone Tom Stewart. Like, I feel like they're, the back line with him and DeConning, it's starting to become a bit of an iconic kind mm. of hairdo down the back. Did you see that picture with uh, Myers when he's hot? Hi- no, it wasn't Myers. It was the Irish guy. The new oh, Irish Myers, guy. That makes- oh, um, Why don't we go on with him? His name sounds like, oh, um, I can the- never pronounce it. Oh, and the... The new Irish guy's got the most amazing hair and they had him, uh, his hair Ocean, out. Ocean Mullen? Ocean. Ocean. Sorry, um, one of my, my goals for this year is to teach the people's name, his name's Ocean because I, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> I had a little boy, I had a little boy that I was really privileged to know and his name was Ocean um, and he, yeah, he passed away when he was seven, but um, beautiful Irish name, Oshin. Oshin. Yeah, Oshin. Um, But, yes, yeah, so, uh, yes. Um, also, Jimmy Bartel's hair. Immaculate Oh, his face. He's that jaw. I, think, Ooh. I feel like this is all being overlooked for Gary Ablett Sr.'s <laughs> all party in the back, <laughs> all business in the front. Yeah. Uh, the man who literally just went like, I want all forehead and mullet. <laughs> Can we also just give a shout out to Zach to his moustache? Oh, I think yes. what we do yeah, yeah. I think that sh- I think that should be I on think yeah, as yeah. a modifier, so example of modifier, the yeah. play is Irish. That comes with the moustache, I've decided. But I just think you, you Geelong have had some really iconic Irish players. So I don't care who we mash together, the player is Irish. And they it comes with a okay. big moustache. Knows how to party and drink Guinness, got it. <laughs> That's the way we like to live, baby. So who do we? So we've got Gary Hawking's hair, Selwood's dedication, and ability to keep living. <laughs> Harry and Taylor's, Harry Taylor's mouth. mouth. <laughs> I think all I think all of the notes for the Falcon side should just say dictated but not read. <laughs> Are we happy with that for the head? I'm 
I think that's perfect. I'm really happy that Emma has been another guest who's come well Emma, prepared. this is your choice. You have to back for this fellow. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. This is your, your final call. Yes. Oh, no, the moustache. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. It's in the... We've got it in the modifier oh, yeah, yeah. section. Uh, okay, now we'll move on to the body. So th- this is tackles and, and strength. Mm. Well, I think it's got to have some Max Rook brute yes. strength there. And Dangerfield's just... Ooh, boom. Yeah, I mean, we... we that was the first sufficient. name that came to mind for me was Danger. Mm, we can't think yeah. of legs because we do a hamstring. But yeah, his body, <laughs> he's a brute. Yes, no, I've got someone for legs. I've got my, my, my boy, Tom Button. Oh, legs. 100%, He's got 100%, 100%, 100%. Always gonna be him. Um, so yeah, I think body's tree trunks. body's pretty easy. Rook and danger, danger rook. Uh, we'll move yep. on to the arms then. So this is marks and handballs. Mm. So Gary, um, so Gary Ablett, oh, uh, marks and handballs. Um, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Tommy Stewart's really intercept mark. Um, mixed in also with Harry, Harry Taylor. Mixed in a little bit with Hawkins, giant, you know, dinner plate hands. Um, I'm just lots of players. It's, you it's fine. One. The player can have three. The player can have three hands. I'm <laughs> pretty sure. No rules. This is the worst part. We made a segment well, that just Clark, has no to be rules. Fair, we made it's really for fun. Fremantle. We made a dinosaur. So <laughs> <laughs> you made yeah, a dinosaur. it became a velo- like a Velociraptor or a T Rex or something like that. You. Yeah, I, Chris, I don't know about you. I don't want to take any responsibility for that. Yeah, I was on board with it. It's You know what? There's not many Victor Frankensteins who were like, you know what? I did the wrong thing. Yeah, no one ever designed Frankenstein said and made him look like handsome. No, he's got bolts coming in his neck and stuff like that. Like, a bit of flavor. I love it how my football is Irish and the Fremantle's football, Damon's football, is a dinosaur. Prehistoric. <laughs> wow. He was an Irish dinosaur, to be fair. <laughs> um, so for arms, so sorry, who do we have for the arms? Because there's a few players there. Oh, Harry Taylor and Tommy Stewart. Harry Taylor, Tommy Stewart. One arm. Well, you got to have a sprinkle of of Gary Ablett Senior in there. He oh, took absolutely. some iconic marks. Absolutely, Chris. Yes. Uh, and legs. I know you had Hawkins. Just double check. Mm. Hawkins and Cameron are, are they both right foot? You're testing me here. I think they Ooh. are. Um, have you seen Cameron's legs? Like I they are I haven't Googled them recently, no. <laughs> they, like, have a gander at them. I don't know where the strength I'm comes from them. Right now. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, he's got little baby legs. He's got the skinniest legs. I don't know how the center of gravity. <laughs> and, like, now this is a vibe thing, but Gary Ablett um, Jr., which also a bit of a grimeyes, as their low center of gravity. It's amazing. I don't know where, where that goes, but that's got to do with your legs and your balance and your core, your vestibular system, all of that. You can add in um, uh, Ablett's uh, low center of gravity of the modifier and have, mm. yeah, I think Hawkins' legs, I, I'm gonna put, I'll put my hand up. I think we should give him one of Hawkins' legs and one of Cameron's little baby legs. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Stevie, um, and this is also modifi- mod- modifier, and I don't know how, how where this fits, but Stevie's Jay's, Ability to go around a corner, but I don't know where that where is. That leg is uh, that. that that's a mo- Clarky. Can you just write in there? Can you just write Stevie uh, Stevie J Magic? Stevie J Magic. Thank you. I love. I love um, Stevie J Jeremy, so much. Jeremy was Cameron is left footed. Perfect. By the way. Oh, we left foot, I got it wrong. Right foot. One's a lot bigger than the other. Oh, great, great, but still very good. One's skill. a baby leg. One's powered by milk. Mm. I'm just staring at his legs and not worrying about his. 
All right. And we've got three modifiers so far. So we have the Irish head, Irish Heritage modifier, which comes with Zach Twee's moustache, uh, Gaz's low center of gravity, Stevie J's magic. Are there any other things that are like weird, iconic Geelong things? Yeah, never say die. You forgot that one. Never I say die. I forgot that. Selwood's dedication. That's part of his face. No, that <laughs> was in the vibes. That was the vibes, I think this yeah. yeah. Selwood's face, um, which is just constantly bleeding. And blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, any other vibes? Any other vibes? Uh, Lose to Hawthorne? No, uh, not that one. Um, <laughs> the Kennet Curse. <laughs> the Kennet Curse. Yeah. Uh, any other? Oh, the Long Ground modifier. Oh, no, no. The ability to do the best Mad Monday. We seem to have the <laughs> yeah, best Yeah, that is, that is good fair. One. So this person's going to be dressed up as... Um, oh, Very creative. What was a really good one from this year? Um, oh, there was there was a few of them. Oh, they did oh. the they did the Ben Keys goal. Yes, they, they did. Billy Brownless as the as the goal umpire, and they did and, the goal. Um, yeah, Brian Myers as the Messi, and then as Max Holmes went as Jared Waitley. That, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yes, that was the other one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. So I think we've got our our uh, Falkenstein all set up. So this behemoth of a man has Gary Hawkins' hair, Selwood's bloody face, and dedication, and his ability to keep on living. With Harry Taylor's dirty sailor's mouth. The body of Max Rook crossed with Patrick Dangerfield, so it's just pure muscle. Arms, you got Stuart and Taylor marking ability. A little bit of Gary Ablett Jr. thrown in there for good luck. It should have been Gary Ablett Sr. Senior, senior, senior. senior. Sorry. Oh, look, well. Dictated, but not read. Um, we got. <laughs> barely even typed. Tommy Hawkins' right leg. Was it right leg, Chris, or left leg? Yeah. No, we got Hawkins' yeah. right leg, Cameron's left leg. And for your modifiers, this person has a good Irish heritage and therefore Zach Twee's glorious moustache, Gary Ablett Jr.'s low center of gravity, Stevie J's magic, and of course, come the end of the season, they're going to dress up in the best get-up imaginable at their Mad Monday. And that is your peak Geelong Falconstein. Yes! I feel like that's the best one we've done. It wasn't a dinosaur. Yes! <laughs> this human. is the one that's most like. This one's the one that's the most like. Say, two arms, person. two legs. I think we've done pretty well on this one. <laughs> and this is why we win premierships. <laughs> <laughs> two arms, two legs. <laughs> two, <laughs> two arms, two legs are just generally normal. <laughs> We're actually not that normal. Our football, like, I just. just being real here though but i think geelong has a really great culture i know that's overused blah blah you know we're a yogurt with you know um but like we're a time at home with really good yogurt um but like we seriously the culture but we kind of ex- like accept you you are you know you but as long as you're not a, too much of a dick <laughs> but um it was something that i i heard um a little uh, when Tyson Stengel came, um, you know, came to Geelong. Um, Joel Selwood took him out for a coffee, and then apparently he just said, "So I just want to let you know how things are, are done in Geelong. So you, this is how we do it. Otherwise, you can, otherwise you can leave." And like he just set like in a really nice way, but apparently he just set the boundaries and like was like, "This is and this is how we are." Um, so That's, anyway, but it worked. Whatever he said. The weird thing Geelong is. It's so easy as an outsider who's had no success for 23 years. It's really easy to look at cl- clubs. What are you, are you talking about football? <laughs> That's been 32, Clarky. Okay, to be fair here. And then look, I was giving looking you at like, successful clubs, you want to hate them. But unlike 
this will make Hawks and Geelong very different. You, I wanted to hate them both, but the more I kind of looked into Geelong, I'm like, ah, oh, I really like their players. They, they seem like a fun club. They seem to have a good culture. But if you look more into Hawthorne back in the day, it's like, oh, hate it here. This is, this is bad times. This is even worse <laughs> looking at it closely. So, yeah, Geelong, I think, you have, yeah, like you said, good culture is overused, but it seems like a good time. Yeah. Hopefully we can keep it up. Geelong as well, I think, for me, it's very much a team that I hate to lose to, but love watching play. And I think that's that's the real key of any good football club is to be entertaining, not be super outrageous, and also just being competitive for the better part of 20 years. <laughs> like, we could value as a football. I mean, yeah, lots of people. I, yeah, I, great value. I do think people tend to hate us because we've had, you know, success and everything. Like, but yeah, but people, yeah, I think people begrudgingly, um, yeah, I, I do think they respect they respect us, um, th- and hopefully that continues. I don't even think it's the success. I think it's just that you won't go away. Every team has a point where they have to <laughs> rebuild, and Geelong just don't. You keep coming back. It's like Sydney; they just they won't go away. They they don't have a point where they're in the bottom four. They just are constantly up there. I know this. This is the. This is the balance. Like we could go both ways. Like I could see us, everyone riding Geelong off, and us rebuilding because we had injury. We just had so many bad injuries last year. We had a really short. Um, we had a really short preseason because we won the. Yep, you know, um, <laughs> but had a really short season. Um, but this year, like we've got to have such a longer one, and you know, all those bodies are like lot lot more prepared, and and um, and those younger kids will have another year. Look, I'm not going to say we're going to win the premiership, but I, I'm hoping we get in the top eight. But if not, this could be the year that we bottom out. This could be another year. Like, um, so we've been, yeah. So this is the third time that I can remember since I've been supporting that we've been in the bottom eight, which is ridiculous. I understand that, but I'm really hoping that we can win bounce up. But this could be the this could be when we start to kind of go down for a little bit. But um, and who knows? And also, see, this is this is the problem with you, Geelong supporters. The miracle on grass reminded you guys to be humble, <laughs> and now you're all super polite, and we want you to do well because you're just really nice about it. No, no, we're not going to do that well this year, guys. And then Melbourne are going to get absolutely smashed by you guys at one point this year. Jesse, you've got like an eleven Tom Hawkins goals against you coming in twenty twenty four. We've got a player who's going to be. A little bit hard to match up on in the back line now. Now we're stuffed. Ooh. Why is Jordan Ridley back? <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, I do like Jordan Ridley. It's just anyway, let's let's talk about fantasy another time. <laughs> but what, while you're while you're on the train of thought, um, what would it take for Geelong to win the 2024 Premiership? What what needs to go right? Who are you looking at? Mm. What 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 things do you think you need to check off the list? <sighs> so we need a. We need well. We need a good players. We need Dangerfield to stay together. And look, I don't. I don't think. I think we're beyond him. Like we need him to be. Yeah, I just don't think we can rely on him anymore. So we need to Max Holmes to lift in that engine room. We need some of those midfielders. We we really need that grunt. Um, now is it? Oh, the rookie that we shouldn't have got, but we did get from Gold Coast number seven. Is that Jai Clark? Yes. Yes. Jack yes. 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 Um. So he's apparently like, um, he was injured last year. So um, Toby Conway's could possibly start to play, and we could actually have a Rockman. Um. 
and we just we just need some consistency and we just need some more like maybe they move Max Holmes on the wing, replaces Isaac Smith so we can have that speed, but we need someone in the middle. We need that grunt. Look, there's talk of Tommy Stewart, um, you know, buzzword bingo, haha, <laughs> midfield time. <laughs> um, but we need something. We need um, – and we also need a fit Jeremy Cameron. A fit, not concussed, not, you know, shoulder in four places. He is amazing. He is Keep next level. Which we you'll be fine. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. So yes. Anyway, um, yes. Uh, Gaza. Um, but yes, no. That, I think that's what we we need. Um, and we just need some consistency and like because we just didn't get that. Like I know it's overused as well but cohesion when you know there's mostly the same team plays week after week after week it really makes a difference yeah i think i'm really excited to see um sean manor who you guys picked up in the draft he's a he's a really good mature age recruit for you guys so really the sky's the limit which is exciting because that's the deal with young talent isn't it if it all goes together then that's what you have to look forward to. Yeah, we got some really good draft picks this year. So, I think that about wraps us up, guys. First one of 2024. Awesome. And M, M, thank you so much for joining us. It's always really fantastic to have you on one of the many podcasts <laughs> I host now. But you're always such a wonderful guest and you're such a wonderful person oh, to talk to. Thank you, guys. It's been so much fun. So this is the point where I ask if you have anything that you want to plug, if you have any social media you want people to follow, uh, this is this is, this is my chance. Um, well, you might have to do a bit of editing because I did have this, but I just wanted to. So, uh, so the the chaps chat cats and the hoops are two Twitter guys, um, and they've actually just combined. Actually, um, so they're really so. If you're a Geelong supporter um, and you don't know them, you sh- you should. But they're on Twitter. Um, then they're a really great podcast and YouTube video. Sorry, with so what's the yes, the yes, I've got the handle. So the yeah. chap, chap chats cats. So at chap chat cats. I'm not really involved because I'm stepping away from lots of podcast stuff. But I was on there last year and natted away. But that's a really good cats um, podcast. But I, I, you can follow me um, at e chalice. Um, I'm do. Uh, I might do. I'm not really doing a lot of fantasy. St- stuff i might still do a bit of super coach but um we'll see clarky um but i will still be posting a tw- um just uh tweeting about um football stuff and my my cats my boys and girls these are both well worthy things so that's the chaps chat cats yes bit i'm of not gonna even try and yeah oh. say that <laughs> I know my weaknesses. So go support those guys if you want to hear more Geelong-related content and follow Emma on Twitter, X, however you want to call it, if you just want good quality content. Oh, thank you. My four my four X tweets will be amazing this year. <laughs> hey, it's all about quality, not quantity. <laughs> exactly. So we are part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can find our sister shows, Love Letters, and Dialogue Options. Jesse, do we? Is there a love letters coming? Oh, up you'd soon hope that we so. Need to know I mean, about? I've got it all recorded. I should probably edit it and put it out there. But yes, we have <laughs> recorded our um, sort of end of year awards episode. So we're going to be wrapping up 
our movie of the year, our TV show of the year, and the prestigious game of the year award. And I sat down with a bunch of people and also had a few people uh, send in their thoughts. It's going to be a pretty packed uh, episode, so keep an eye out for that. Beautiful. And you can follow The Falcon on all social medias at Falcon Footy Pod. We're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. So go follow us there and you can find everything new. You can also follow us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore 16. Jesse, you're at Jesse Spanner and I'm at Quantum JC. So I hope you can join us next week where we're going to be talking about the sons of the Gold Coast Skies. With who? Who knows? With who? We <laughs> haven't figured that part out yet, but it's Damien fine. Hardwick. We'll figure it out. I like. I'm if they can get him, we can. So, M, do you have Gary Ablett Jr.'s number? Can we get him on for the Gold Coast episodes? <laughs> yeah. <Damn>. No. <laughs> I just see him and I just like, like I see him and I purposely don't talk to him because I'm not I'm one of those people. But I'm just like, that's Gary Ablett Jr. I just, just share love, just that's, my love towards you, know, you and then I'll walk play. away. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair response. But we'll see you next week, listeners. Bye. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. Excellent.